Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of the Haiku Chronicle podcast. I'm Patricia, your host, and I started seriously studying haiku in October 2017. I wasn't new to haiku. I'd learnt about this particular genre of poetry through my children, who studied it at school, but it had not featured in my own school life. Of course, I started with the idea that these little gems had to have 17 syllables and three lines. But I learned very quickly that this was not the case, and I've documented this journey of learning and frustration in the podcast. Frustration? Yes, because learning about haiku is a little bit like herding cats. You find a potential rule only to find in the next article you read that it's not a definite one, but a rule of thumb, and you can break it. But rather than go over all this again, you can hear what I've learnt by starting at the beginning of the podcasts, which you'll find on poetryp.com. One of the great pluses of this haiku quest are the people I'm virtually meeting and friends I'm making. Over the weeks, people have joined me and helped me to grow. So a great thank you to all of you who listen and give me advice or follow up the podcasts with your feedback. You know I appreciate it. So this week I'm continuing the theme of haiku techniques because I'm finding these techniques are giving me the structure that I require and a greater understanding not only of how to create haiku but how to read them. Today I'm looking at what Jane Reichold calls as is above is below. I've got lots of examples of this technique from my reading and from some of my haiku friends to share with you. Then, as always, we're going to meet a haiku poet. This week, Alison Finch, who lives in the USA. So what is this technique I'm talking about? As is above, is below. I think, as a beginner at this technique, you start by thinking of creating a sense of completeness, working to make the tiny haiku a well-rounded thought. If you think of it in physical terms, how does what is above relate to what is below, and how do they complete one another? You're trying to show a clear connection between lines 1 and 3, that line 3 can, in effect, complete the idea in line 1, and yet line 2 and 3 also make perfect sense within the haiku. Put together, they'll give you a whole. And Jane gives us an example. Rain, the horse's head bowed straight down. Here you can see in your mind's eye rain falling straight down, so line three completes line one. You can see the horse's head bows straight down, so line three also completes line two. And you can see the whole piece as one, and it makes sense. Let me give you some more examples. This first one is by Virginia Brady Young. Moonlight, a sand dune shifts. Again, moonlight shifts works as one thought. A sand dune shifts also works, but you can see the whole thing fits together as one. And now an example from Rod Wilmot. Half moon through mist, I lean now on my axe. And the same applies with this haiku. What do they have in common? If you think about it, the fragment at the beginning is an image from above, and the phrase 
an image from below. So when I started to try out this technique, that's where I started, with this. An aeroplane, a great white shark, crosses the sea. It struck me as I swam up and down at my local outdoor pool, coming up for air now and again, that aeroplane shadows were falling across me and the pool. I found it difficult to use this example to illustrate in a shicky sketch of life sort of way. So I thought of using a shark. A great white had been in the news for being sighted off the coast of the Balearic Islands in Europe. So as it stands, the haiku works technically in the way it was supposed to. Line 3 finishes line 1, and makes sense with line 2. Yet I still really wasn't happy. The fragment and the phrase were too far apart. The completeness wasn't there. So I turned to my friends at Haiku Nook on Google Plus and asked for help. Fractaled came up with this. Cloud formation. A great white shark crosses the sea. I think this achieves the objectives of the technique much better than my attempt. Can you feel the completeness of it? Thanks, Fractaled. You did a great job with this. However... It doesn't say what I wanted it to say, so I'm continuing, and currently it reads like this. An aeroplane, far across the ocean, a shark cuts through the blue. I think I'm getting there. What do you think? And I have another one for you, from my notebook. Autumn oak. The red squirrel drops its nuts. Better? So, now we have the basics of the technique covered. In the literal sense, anyway. What about evolving our haiku? I'd like to give you this from another of my friends at Haiku Nook, Willie Bonkeron. Scented breeze, but to be young again near the jasmines. You still have that above-below feeling. A breeze is generally above ground, unless, of course, you have your face stuck in the jasmine flowers, which the person in this haiku doesn't. The scent is going to be up and around you. Line 3 finishes line 1, yet makes sense with line 2. The technique is there, but it's not so blindingly obvious as in my own pieces. Lovely job, Willie. Thank you very much for allowing me to use it. Well, I hope you're inspired to go out and try this technique. Let me know. Send me your As Above Is Below haiku so I can enjoy them too. Next week, the technique of riddles. I've not tried it before. Feel free to join in and email me with your examples. Or some examples that you've enjoyed reading. It's always fun to hear from you. Now, let's go and visit with Alison Finch in the USA. Alison clearly knows her stuff, as you will hear. But little wonder, not only is she a writer, but she teaches English. Alison loves nature, which comes through in this haiku. She says, writing haiku is a way to give another person, a reader, a picture in their mind, believing that when the reader can picture in their head what the poet is trying to convey and leaves an impression, then you have written a successful haiku. I think she's achieved exactly that with her haiku. So let's hear it. A hive in the tree. Skilled craftsmen busy at work. Delicious results. Delicious results indeed, Alison. Thank you 
I do have a vivid image in my mind. I hope we have a chance to hear from you again in the future. And so today's podcast closes. A very big thank you to everyone who has helped me put it together and who have sent me examples of their work using some of the techniques I've been talking about in previous episodes. Remember, next week, it's the technique of riddles. I'm so looking forward to it, because I've not consciously tried it before. And before I forget, Nicholas Klasansky recommended a book to me, and I forgot to tell you last week. It's The Art of Haiku by Stephen Addis. I've started to read it, and I'm enjoying it so far. Thanks, Nicholas. I'm so happy that you joined me here this week, and I look forward to being with you again next Monday here at the Haiku Chronicle podcast. Thank you, and keep writing. There will be links to publications I've used in today's podcast on the show notes on the poetryp.com website. If something's missing, just email me through the contact page and I'll get back to you. Bye.